You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Broadway. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows Hi there, and welcome to Josh Swallows Broadway here at the Broadway Podcast Network. I am sitting here with one of my favorite people. That is right. I am going to swallow the divine, Tony-winning, stellar human being, Rachel Bay Jones. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Joshie. How are you? Good. You look like sunshine all the time. It's true. You you just radiate nah, sunshine. You. Oh, you. It's probably because you're from Florida. It's probably because you're wearing a butterfly shirt. I wore this actually because of you. You did? I did. Because I remember during hair, I think it was towards the end of hair. I'm not sure if we got our closing notice, but did like... Did I used to be into butterflies or something? No, but well, well, what happened is I remember like we were on 43rd, like sort of by where Telsey's old office was. Uh-huh. And it was a beautiful day, and there was, like, sun shining down, like, on one part of the street. And I was in a terrible (laughs) mood, because I'm sure it had to do with, like, I'm never going to work again or something like that. And you were like, Josh, stop and just stay with me right here in this perfect patch of sunshine. (laughs) And just sit here with me in the sun. And what I think, was wrong with my voice? Oh, nothing. That's just my impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I sound Listen, like? Listen, there's a reason that I don't make a living doing voiceovers. Um, <laughs> and that's probably it. But um, I remember I was like, oh, God damn it. And I like flicked my cigarette and I was like, okay, fine. Let's stand in the sunlight, <laughs> Rachel. But it left a lasting impression with me. That, I remember that, actually. I remember know. that because it was there was a building. There was a lot. There was an empty lot. Yeah. And there was just it just it was a gorgeous day and the sky was so blue and of course we were in shadow the whole rest of the city was in shadow except for this one perfect little patch of sunshine coming over yeah. the empty vacant lot and I saw you and I thought this is perfect the perfect moment to be here with you in the sunshine for a minute oh, it was so nice it taught me so much to this day when I'm when I'm like having a day and I see the sun mm-hmm. I remember that and I'm like Okay, I'm going to stand here for a few minutes in silence. I'm going to turn off my, you know, iTunes or whatever, and I'm just going to enjoy the sun. And so I wore a butterfly shirt because of that, (laughs) because of you. I wish there were butterflies. We'll just keep, we'll keep embellishing this story as we get older. Then the butterflies (laughs) surrounded us. 
And, and then the butterfly king Salgor <laughs> came in. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah, he, and he taught me a great lesson. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. He, he picked us up and flew us to the Hudson where there were two dolphins waiting with flowers for us. And they let us know that we could breathe underwater. And I've never forgotten that lesson. <laughs> no. And that's when I booked your Evan Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) So it just goes to show you get your vitamin D, folks. (laughs) Now, you're from Boca Raton. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you grew up there because your parents live in Hawaii, right? Yeah, they moved right after I left town. They moved to Hawaii. That sounds so sensible. (laughs) The minute that my future children, which I'm never really going to have, leave town, I'm moving to Hawaii. But I'm not going to tell them. You know what? Just take them with you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to be right. like, you go figure out your adulthood. I'm leaving. It's your turn. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's but great. I get, you know, I get to visit them in Hawaii a couple times a year, which is pretty great. That's so nice. What island are they on? Maui. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, uh, Kauai is my favorite place. That's what everybody says. Have you been? No. You have to. I it's have to it's go. where they filmed um I was about to say Jungle Book, which is a cartoon. Um <laughs> No, it's where they filmed the Jungle Book. But um, didn't they do isn't like a, live, a live action? action. Okay, yeah. well maybe they filmed it there. Oh, but, but they did Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. And um, That's why I never went. It's scary over there. There's oh, dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs. No, it uh it's so beautiful and it's so relaxing and you know, it really takes the New York out of me. Because when I first get there, I'm like, I asked for a tall coffee, not a new friend. And then when I leave, I'm like, aloha, uh-huh. you know, alikiwa, yeah. or whatever. You know, I don't know the words. That was bad. That was terrible. Sorry, Hawaiians. But, um, and then as soon as I get back to New York, though, it's pretty immediate, the shift. I'm like, oh, aloha, oh, go fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> well, it just hits you in the face when you come back. Doesn't it, It's though? worse. Yeah. yeah. It's worse. Um, Broadway's hard, and so is New York, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you land on any airport in Hawaii, it just, it smells like flowers, the winds are blowing, the palm tree, and you think, what is the matter with me? Why don't I live here? Why? I know. And then you come back to New York and it's smells like resentment yeah (laughs) (laughs) it smells like tears before bedtime (laughs) yeah pretty much when did you start performing oh I was 12 I was 12 I was really shy and I had no interest in being an actor my parents had been actors in New York and they went back to doing it in regional theater and my mother had come home uh, with a script for a play that she was auditioning for at the Royal Palm Dinner Theater in Boca Raton, which is a tiny little theater with a tiny little stage and a lot of old people eating chicken around the stage. (laughs) But she came home with a script and I was leafing through it while she was doing her aerobics in the living room and saw that there was a part for a 13-year-old girl. And I said, I could do that part. And she seized that moment and just took me off into prepping for that part and and prepping for this audition. And I was a little scrawny and she was supposed to have a little more weight on her than I had. So my Nana sewed me a sort of a padded quilted undersuit for under my corduroy. (laughs) She made you a fat suit. (laughs) She made me a fat suit and I went in and auditioned and I booked the part and my mother did not. (gasps) Oh no. So, so theater's, you know, fraught. 
Did that create <clears throat> drama? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, no. That's so sad. <laughs> it's funny, but not too. Was yeah. she able to go to the show still? Oh, worse than that. She had to drive me to the theater because I didn't drive. And so <laughs> my diva mother, who is that in every sense of the word, <laughs> you know, had to drive me to the theater to star in. And then the, the old biddies would say, are you the mother? Oh, are you no. the mother? Yeah. That's she hilarious. love hated that. So, Oh cute. my God, that has to go into like a movie or something. One day. We're all not ready for that movie yet. I love that she's a diva though, because you're she's... the sweetest. <laughs> you're the nicest. You're the farthest thing from a diva. Yeah. Well, you're like, thanks. well, you should see me when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> the cast of Pippin is covered in bruises. <laughs> I'll never forget meeting you during hair. Yeah. You were such a breath of fresh air. No, you. Oh, my. Can I tell the story? Because I, I, do you remember it, actually? Yeah. Because I remember getting cast in that show and... I was so nervous. I was a replacement for this really tight company. Everybody loved each other so yeah. much. And I was one of the few early new people. And I replaced Megan, who was so beloved. And I was really, really intimidated to come into that show. And I remember coming into the theater after I booked the gig and, um, and walking in during the day on this bare stage with Nancy, our stage manager. And I heard this shriek from off stage. A shriek. <laughs> it was a shriek. And it was like, RBJ! <laughs> and then Josh comes out running toward me, just running toward me with his arms open. And you just scooped me up and twirled me around. You held me up high and like twirled me around. And you said, welcome, welcome. And I had that kind of panicky moment. Like, <laughs> is this somebody I know? I don't think I know him. I, but oh my God. And you set the tone. That was that was how it was going to be. Oh, I'm so You're glad. You're everything. That I remember so it vividly big. too. Though... In hindsight, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't pick up strangers anymore. <laughs> well, that's a whole and another. And twirl them on like a raked stage. Maybe you should. Maybe it's the twirling that needs to happen more than the picking up. Stage. Maybe, maybe. Or mm -hmm. perhaps like a fist bump. Like, hey, hey. Welcome. And I'm glad that my shriek was RBJ and not like a. <laughs> or like something crazy <laughs> We and did terrifying. that later. Yeah. But my favorite memory with you backstage was... Just coming up with ridiculous little skits. I remember, I forget how it happened, if you heard of it first or if I heard of it first, but um, Red Lobster has this thing called the Festival of Shrimp. Now, was it a real thing or was this something that you invented? No, it's a real thing. Okay. It is the Festival of Shrimp. Because I always, in my mind, I feel like you invent, this was one of the things that you invented as we were talking about Red Lobster or something no i saw an advertisement and i was like a festival of shrimp <laughs> i mean shrimp can be tasty if it's cooked right but a festival yeah and so i started making up a musical that i would perform for rachel and i i still remember the opening the opening lyrics would be like Every 50 years, for three years and a half, we celebrate the festival of shrimp. 
And like I invented and there was a, a shrimpy dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> a shrimpy dance with short little shrimpy arms yeah. and a kind of a tail. Yeah, that that, would, that's what all yeah. the little boys and girls in the village would do. They would dance the dance yeah. of the shrimp. It was like if an inchworm were erect and hopping around the hair room while, yeah. while I was getting my wig on. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, I even came up with another number. I, I imagined on the island where the Festival of Shrimp happened was it was overrun with deer. And the deer had a problem with a cab, you know, hitting them. And so there was a big dance number called, Look out for that cab! Look out for that! Look out for that cab! Honk, honk, beep, beep, that cab! I don't remember that oh, cab song. well, I do. And I remember lots of other jokes that we probably shouldn't go into. But <laughs> it was such a ball getting to play opposite you in that show. It was. I feel like that our whole relationship, though, is you. It's just you making me laugh. That's all I do. Even right now, all I'm doing is just laughing at Good. you. Good. Good. I like making you laugh. Things. And hey, you taught me about the sun <laughs> and vitamin D and uh, just how to be a spectacular person. Uh, what was your Broadway debut? Um, it was in 1989. I was a kid. I just moved up to New York by myself. Wow. How old were you? Um, 19. And uh, it was Meet Me in St. Louis on Broadway at the Gershwin Theater. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's a massive theater. Yeah, a massive show, massive theater. There was there were fountains. There was there were fireworks. There was an ice skating rink that what rolled down. From the back wall of the stage for to begin Act Two. That's expensive. Um, oh yeah, it was a big Teflon ice skating rink, and we all skated around. Though I I wasn't allowed to skate. That's we, good. That we had a nice. <laughs> we had ice skating auditions. There were many many auditions for that, and I guess I failed the ice skating audition. So we had. The singers would stand off to the side of the ice skating rink <laughs> while the professional ice skaters would skate around the tiny Teflon ice skating rink and we would sing, Ice makes an idle hour a lovely thing to spend. Ice is my good friend. Ice is your good friend? It is. It is still <laughs> my good friend. That's, I mean, I, I did Elf and there was ice skating in Elf, but the story of my career is like, okay, there's going to be dancing, so why don't you go stand, stand over off the stage side, yeah. and sing <laughs> as loud as you can. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, put us in the cute costumes and we stand off to the side. Well, that's nice that you yeah. get cute costumes. You do too. Sometimes. You really do. Sometimes. Hair was a journey with costumes. By the By the time you came in, I think... Did I have the short curly wig that looked like if if Annie grew up to be an angry lesbian <laughs> I feel like and then she got kicked out of the Warbucks uh -huh. house and lived in the park and got addicted to drugs? <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what oh, I looked Annie. like. Oh, Annie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Annie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so where were you when you got the call that you booked Meet Me in St. Louis? I think I had, you know, this was before cell phones. And so you had like a service or something? I think I had a service, yeah, yeah. And I had to call in to my agent. I remember a couple of, a couple of you got this jobs from pay phones. And I think that was one of them. What yeah. was it like? To use a pay phone? No. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you, kids. 
cost a nickel. Though I still see no, people like in cell phones, and I'm like, I don't trust whatever's happening in there. You mean in pay phone, in uh, phone like booths? In phone booths, or even Are there now and even then? phone booths? Yeah, left? sure. Even now and then, I'll see somebody on the phone, and I'm like, what is happening in your life? They're being bled for a lot of money these yeah. days. Yeah. But, um, so what was it like hearing that you were going to make your Broadway debut after you moved up to New York City all by yourself? I wish I could say that it was this fantastic, like, like I remember, I'll never forget the call. And I screamed and I jumped up and down and I put another quarter in and I called my mom. <laughs> but it, I don't remember it. I really don't remember. I don't remember. I probably, like, I had such an attitude, you know. I mean, who does that? Who moves up to New York when they're a kid by themselves? It's a 1989 Hell's Kitchen. That's it was scary. really scary in hindsight, but of course I was 19. I was like, I'm never going to die. Nothing can touch me. I'm 19. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was just, I thought, okay, this makes sense. I got a Broadway show. Sure. Wow. I think, you know, I, I look back now and I, it's a, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible moment and it was exciting, but I think, you know, when you don't know what to expect, why not that? Why not expect that? That that's that everything's things gonna be great, and then yeah. it wasn't until you know my mid twenties where I was like, oh, it's not always gonna be great, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, Isn't oh, that a wait crazy a lesson? Wait, oh, it's because uh, I remember like Hair was my Broadway debut, but my first uh, production contract was the Wicked tour, and I remember being like, well, this is this it. This is it. Yeah. This is the rest of my life yeah. now. I've made it. Yeah. Permanent I've, state of being. This is the amount mm -hmm. of money that I make now. Yeah. And I will not work for less because <laughs> right. you can't take a step back. Right. Fast exactly. forward nine months and yeah. it's like. Please, somebody give me a job. Uh, can, do you have an inn at Ellen Stardust Diner? <laughs> I, I really need a job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good to laugh about that. Well, you have to yeah. because yeah. life is too ridiculous and hard yeah. as it is. Yeah. And, but I'm glad that you didn't have to struggle for long well, then I struggled later. That's that's the thing is like, oh, I didn't have to struggle for long. I moved to New York and I got an agent right away. Wow. And when I was interviewing with the agent, she said, um, I have an audition for this Broadway show. And I was like, great. And I auditioned for the Broadway show and I booked the Broadway show. And then, you know, I did a national tour and that was great, too. And then it was like, you know. 20 years, 15 years, how long? I mean, it was like a long time before I was on Broadway again. Really? And a lot of life. And who knows if I'll ever work again, I'll be under a bridge. <laughs> They'll find me one day, like, wait a minute. Oh, isn't that Rachel Bay Jones? Isn't that, what was her name? <laughs> I loved you in the Gilligan's Island musical. <laughs> True story. You were in a Gilligan's Island musical. I was indeed. Was that was that during the the in between years or the, the lean sunken years, time? We as we'll call it. <laughs> yes, the sunken times. Yeah, I, I did a Gilligan's Island musical. That's really incredible. Yeah. How was that? It was. I mean, it was crazy. It, <laughs> <laughs> all I. I mean, I don't remember a lot of a lot about. I remember some of it. There were aliens. What? Yeah, there were aliens, and um, I played Marianne, and I had a coconut cream pie song. <laughs> I wish so hard that I could remember any of it, except my short shorts. Oh, Because my I would God. sing some of it for you. I wish you would, just like it I'm is. I'm wearing the short shorts, you guys. Oh. No, I'm not. I have a dream of coconut cream pie. <laughs> it is so delicious, it'll make you cry. 
that is what I, that's from the version that I've written. Yeah. And, uh, it's um, really good. Maury Estens. Maury Estens. His version <laughs> of the show. So like with such a long break and so you obviously did a bazillion regional jobs and was just traveling all over and then hair happened. Well, it's kind of, I quit the business a bunch. So that's part of the story too, is that I left New York and I lived in a bunch of different places and I did everything from working in a vet clinic, thinking one day I would be a vet until they used to tease me because I was a little squeamish about blood. And like, I remember watching a, um, a German shepherd get neutered. And, oh and, and I was like, yeah, this is totally not for me. No, <laughs> This no. is not my calling, you guys. So I, I played music a bunch of different places and, and uh, moved around. And I would come back to New York and pick up a gig or two and yeah. then leave. Well, and your music has always been incredible. That album where you did Broadway songs, but as folk songs yeah, was just outstanding. What Thanks. was the name of that album? Show Folk. Show Folk. Y'all yeah. need to go listen to Show Folk. <laughs> it's really phenomenal. It's Yeah, it was sweet. And uh, the, the front cover, if you, if you, you know, can find an actual CD anymore, um, but was a picture of a, a cabin in North Carolina, which is one of the places that I lived. Wow. What what was it that made you want to come back to New York and and get back into it? Well, I think by the time I came back to stay or to stick it out a little bit longer, I was a mom. So my daughter was two years old and I had just separated from her father and we had lived in Maui for a time, then Miami and um and I just I sort of ran out of you know, I got tired of running away from I figured out it was kind of a calling, I guess, something I needed to wrestle with to figure out if this was something I was really going to do or not. And then I needed to stick it out for a while. And um, I had gone through a lot of um, fear about auditioning and a lot of mixed feelings about the business, obviously, as we all do. And so I just powered through all of that. And it was not pretty for a while, but I made that album, which was liberating for me to be able to do on my own and then I auditioned for hair and it was one of those things where um you know my my boyfriend Benham Foster he I had oh by that time my agent had died I had no agent no (laughs) Um, yeah my long time I'm literally crying because I love you so much I know Uh, so my agent had died oh my god I had no representation no one would look at me it was you know pretty pathetic and um and uh and uh and Benham found out that there was going to be these, I don't know why, some friend of his had the breakdowns that casting people look at, you know, so somebody told him and he told me, you know, there's this, there's, they're replacing somebody in hair and it's, she's, she's supposed to be 40 and, you know, whatever. And, uh, and, and you have to get an audition for this. Oh, but I don't have an agent. I'm going to call my agent and beg him to submit you. And he did. And I got the audition and I went in and auditioned for Diane and Oscar, everybody at the public theater. And, and at that point, you know, I had nothing to lose. There was absolutely nothing to lose. So I just went in with my ripped jeans that I pulled right my ripped flare jeans right out of my own closet (laughs) and, you know, scuddy old t-shirt or something. And I had long old gnarly hair because I could never afford to cut it. And, uh, and then I looked like a hippie, you guys. 
did. I looked like a hippie. I was a hippie. But, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was fun. I'm just so grateful that that, that you came into my life. Ah, Josh. Um, and you were my you were my greeting party. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, and then after hair, well, I know we did the we did the chaplain workshop together. Mm-hmm. Um, and but was Pippin already sort of cooking? At that time, yeah. I believe I I can't remember the I heard chronology a story of it. And I don't know if it's true or not. So maybe you can clarify. But the story is hilarious. That they put out the breakdown for Pippin and they said for Catherine they were looking for a Rachel Bay Jones type. <laughs> and you were like, I'm right here. No, that's not true. Okay, I've well, read that story with so many different actresses though. Really? I love that story. I, I want that to one day be the story. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's not the story. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still a good story. It was a good story. No, but Diane and, and team asked me to come in and audition for Pippin and I couldn't, I, you know, they asked me to audition for Catherine, the, the young lover who's usually played by someone in their twenties and I'm you know 40 years old or something. And, um, and I said, no. And they had to like Diane had to convince me to come in and audition, which is completely crazy. But, yeah, you know. But my conviction was such that I was like embarrassed. I, there was no way I was going to go in and play a twenty-year-old. Um, so I had to figure out how to make that make sense, you know. And it was just that well, she's an actress playing a twenty-year-old, so I could figure that out, and it it stuck. It was worked. one of the most brilliant performances I have ever seen. Oh, Josh. No, it was. And I, I remember feeling this, like, pride for you. And, like, I wanted to do bell kicks, but I'm really lazy, so I didn't. But <laughs> Thank you, honey. watching the city just explode for you, watching every, I mean, everybody that I knew couldn't stop talking about you. And the show itself was, I mean, one so of great. the best things I've ever seen. I, yeah. I think I saw it three times. Like I, I barely see anything once. Yeah. And um, watching that happen is did that help lead you towards Evan Hansen? Oh yeah, I, that changed everything for me. I think, but Evan Hansen, I had done um, Christmas Story with Benj and Justin with Benj Pasek and Justin Pasek. So. Um, I'd fallen in love with them through that experience. I did the pre-Broadway national tour. Yeah. And um, and I think it was through that, but then also through the elevation, the, the bump that my career took after Pippin got me involved in the reading, the first reading of Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. That's so incredible. Yeah, thank God they did, and you were so good in that. Um, I'll never forget, uh, a Groundhog Day was performing, I think, right after you guys at the Tonys. And so we were backstage and I just remember, I, I don't think I said it and I don't think you won yet, but I was like, you're winning tonight. It was one of those <laughs> things that everybody in the industry just sort of knew, you know, like you, you always be like, yeah, that person's going to win. Or maybe I'm just psychic. But maybe you are. It was yeah. just such a special evening, and I'll never, was I'll special. just never, ever, ever forget it. We, one of the specialist moments was after we, so we, you know, I mean, it's just such a crazy thing to get up, you know, 
full beat in your gown, do the red carpet, big fun thing, sit down, watch the Tony Awards. They pull you to go perform. I got changed out of my big gown and my fabulous hair um, into nurses scrubs and a wig to go perform our Dear Evan Hansen number. Got out of my nurses scrubs and the wig back into the gown, tried to freshen up the hair. How do you do that? I would have been like, I'm sorry. It's crazy. Heidi has really fierce hair today. (laughs) You know, there's a reason that she's never home. It's because she's getting her hair done. I needed to have my wig. And so, and then, then you wait off to the side at Radio City, sort of in the house by the backstage pass door. Mm -hmm. And there's a big group of people waiting until the commercial break to sit down. And I knew that you know, one of the upcoming award categories was going to be Best Supporting Actress in a Musical. And waiting outside the door was Stephanie Block, who was also nominated with me. And the two of us just, like, I just went up and slipped my hand in hers. And we just sat there and held hands and looked around at this beautiful moment. You know, just that shimmering moment in time where there's no answers yet. It's just the beauty of being a part of something like that. That was really one of the things that I remember. Well, it's so special, too, just thinking about your life and how you chose so many different roads. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about you in North Carolina, just not having any any idea that... With that like, German Shepherd's testicles. Yeah, with a, I, you know, you sitting there looking at German Shepherd testes, <laughs> not knowing that one day you won't be holding those anymore, but you'll be holding a Tony. Life is so weird. Life yeah, is weird. Life is bonkers. And surprising. Um, gosh. Oh, I'm emotional. Oh, I'm so you. emotional. Um, it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply and i also don't know how you did heidi every night because I wouldn't be able to go there. I wouldn't want to be able to go there all the time. I, I think that's why I do comedy so much because like if I was playing Heidi, eventually I'd just get to a place where I'd be like, Nope, we're ending the show early. Find a higher tree, Evan. Let's wrap (laughs) this up. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What was it like? How did you balance your life, because you have your beautiful daughter, yeah. your beautiful Benham, and then you have to go to work, and like you really are one of those actors that just goes there. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. You can't you can't not do that. 
at least you know what you can't you can't avoid it you have to go there or you're not doing you're not you're doing the audience a disservice obviously and the material whatever um so yeah it was a lot but i think it, it takes a village it took all of us supporting each other um a lot of laughs off stage the crew and every you know everybody was really supportive and my family was really supportive miranda was incredibly patient and supportive things that you shouldn't ask a child to do a teenager but she was and yeah. um and Benham, my partner, you know, my reps, everybody around me was just kind of, <clears throat> I think, you know, we have to hold each other up. And especially when you're doing something that's that hard and that cl hits that close to home, you know, yeah. um, for so long, you just, you kind of never leave it. You keep a stent open all the time. <laughs> you know, It's like, here's where the blood gets let out. You yeah. know, I'm not going to let that heal over until I'm done. But I remember my last performance, that last performance weekend, just felt like there was a bird inside my chest, like waiting to you know, because I knew as much as I deeply, deeply loved that entire experience, like it was just ready to like to heal a little bit, you know? Yeah, of course. I imagine like the fan base must have been very moved. And, and that, I think, I think that part of it, um, when you're doing something that is so healing to so many people, um, <clears throat> it just, it, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And you're about to do another show that, you know, for me, I come from a family that has loads of mental illness. So mm -hmm. when I saw next to normal, you know, it really spoke mm -hmm. to me, me on a, on a level that, you know, other shows just didn't because all of a sudden I was seeing people that I felt like I knew. And it helped me because when you have people with severe mental health problems in your family, mm -hmm. there gets to be a point where it's like, I can't save you. Yeah. I don't know how to save you. I know that your reality is absolutely reality, mm -hmm. even though it's not reality. And how do you cope with that? And watching these characters cope with that made such an impression on me. Me too. Is that part of what like drew you to the part of Diana and wanting to do this? Well, I mean, it's one, you know, it's a, one of the great roles in musical theater that alone is, and it's incredibly challenging, I think for me too, because I, my family has a similar thing. And, um, and I remember seeing it with Alice Ripley and, you know, that incredible cast and beautiful production. And I sat there in the mezzanine and they had to ask me to leave because I was crying so hard. I couldn't leave. The, everybody else had left the theater and Sweet Benham was just hanging out with me while I tried to control myself. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't stop crying. And I think it was a big combination of, it gave me me so much hope it's so weird because it's such a it, there's so much darkness and it's devastating and gorgeous but the gorgeousness of it and and just the fact that this was broadway now i thought this is broadway this is broadway and and growing up you know like you said with with mental illness with you know and you know i tease i talk about my mother and she's a diva but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff in there a lot of drama a lot of family drama and 
those are the things that as a kid and into adulthood, you want to push down. You want to pretend that you don't come from that. You want to push it away inside of yourself. You want to move on from that so desperately that you can't acknowledge that these things are part of you, mm -hmm. part of your history, that these things exist. Like we're all talking about mental illness now, which is wonderful. Thank God. Because there's so many of us just pretty much everybody, you know, I know, <laughs> I think maybe we know a certain, anyway, maybe not everybody, yeah. but, um, but we're all, we're all able to bring this to light. Okay. So it's, it's different to bring it into a beautiful light, like to be able to look at this and explore this and have this character, um, not be vilified mm -hmm. as it ha as someone like that maybe has been inside of my own heart and head for my whole life, you know, yeah. and we squash these aspects of ourselves that even remind us remotely of that kind of illness or something, you know, and we squash some of the most beautiful parts of ourselves because we're afraid of being labeled something, Yeah, you know, and um, so I think it's, it's an important show that obviously is a big part of it. And I will pretty much need to start going to therapy again now <laughs> in anticipation of that well like, it's i'm time to revisit that i'm not more. a therapist but i <laughs> we can, just can be a jester uh, i'll be your family mm -hmm. jester and i'll be like i see a sad baby <laughs> <laughs> what i love about what you just said is like you know you mentioned that the show really does even though it's devastating and sad it has so much hope yeah and for me it meant so much to see a character that didn't get crushed right. by this, mm -hmm. that still, even though it's all devastating and you know there's a lot of serious stuff, still is forging her way mm -hmm. out of the darkness. And, um, right. and it's know. not a pretend healing, like, oh, we've just done a happy end. No, that they don't go to Sedona and then like, the right. vortex <laughs> healed me. <laughs> I can let you go, Aaron Tveit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think, but that's something I think that a lot of us look for in the projects that we are excited about or choose to do. And one of the things that's always been for me is the idea of redemption, is the idea of, of transformation and all that, and just elevation at the end of something. You know, the character takes a journey that um, can reach people with hope. Yeah. I think that's really. Oh, good. You can show me anything as long as there's like some a glimmer at the end. I just need a little glimmer. Just that, something. Yeah, don't plummet me. No, no. Who wants that? And speaking of glimmers, you're like a television star. Oh, you're shut in the up. pictures. I am not. I'm in the pictures. You're in the pictures, kid. <laughs> you're on Modern Family. That's so great. That's insane. I know. It's so fun. And this is a, is this the final season? Next season. Next season yeah. is the final season. So, like, what perfect timing. It's so nice. Do you love it? I love it. I love it. Not on all the time. It's just been, you know, but it's really nice. And, and I'm doing um, God Friended Me, which is another really hopeful ah! series. And that's pretty great, too. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm going to be your set jester. <laughs> you need to put it into your contracts. Be like, I need uh, a Maltese for comfort. And I need a jester for laughter. He's dressed like a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would dress like a, a shrimp for you. Anytime. Butterfly shirt's good. Well, thanks. Little patch of sun with my Rachel Bay Jones. Mm. So when we get back from a little break, we are going to be calling somebody with a question that has no idea that you are going to be with me on the call. And wow. uh, we'll get to talk to them about, you know, whatever their question is and, you know, help make Broadway be a better community. That's fun. Yeah. Okay, we will be right back with Josh Swallows Broadway. Go. Where are you at, Patrick? There you are. How are you? I love your shirt. Oh my gosh. New best friends. Uh, well, yes. thank you so much for uh, writing into Josh Swallow's Broadway. And um, I'm so excited to talk with you about your question. And I am sitting here with one of my favorite people on the planet, the one and only Rachel Bay Jones. Hi. Hello. Oh Hi. 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 Yay. Yay. You look, you look lovely. Oh, thanks. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> yes. um, Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah, tell us, tell us. (laughs) Um, So let's talk. Remind me of your question. Yeah, so I'm just curious, um, what advice do you have on staying motivated and staying persistent when it comes to going to all these auditions and then never hearing anything back Mm. um, from casting directors, from productions? Um, Obviously, you don't want to give up. I mean, if we're really passionate about this, you got to just keep going to these auditions. But what, what do you do during that, that downtime, that slow period? Mm. That's, uh, I mean, that's something that we all have to go through. Um, yeah. For me, just always, you know, you're right. You have to keep on being persistent. Um, to me, it's often about, like, taking as many classes as I can. If there's a casting director that isn't responding to me, are they teaching a class? Can I find out what they respond to? Mm-hmm. Um And then also, I think it's just lifelong practice of like, as soon as you're done with the audition, take those sides and throw them away. Don't spend any more energy on it because, you know, most of the time it doesn't doesn't have to do with us. It just, for whatever reason, we weren't that puzzle piece. Um, I don't know. What about you? I've, uh, you know, I've played this game with myself for so long because it's, it's agony. Uh, And it used to be agony for me to have these auditions and, you know, and wonder what was going to happen. Did I do something wrong? It's me. Why am I? Um, But I think what is uh, the things that comfort me, the things that help me um, are uh, remembering is, is, is the idea of sort of taking control back. Not that I'm a control freak or anything, but, (laughs) but I think that's part of what kills us so much about these things is that we're, we're artists and we're giving, we're vulnerable and we're giving, we're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, um, for people, which is, which means that we're doing a good job in the audition and we feel this vulnerability and then we're having a door close in our face and it sucks. It just sucks. So I think the more that you can do to, and it's not a game, but to recognize that the audition itself even is an exercise for you, um, is an opportunity for you to explore what it would be like 
to play this role, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. Like, what would I do? Think, keep thinking like an artist, and um, and what would I do with this part? Were it mine? And here's and you're you're kind of showcasing yourself in that way. It's yeah. not you. It's this is how I, and the surer you are about how you would play that part, how you would work on this material, the more confident you are about your choices as an artist are going to help you feel better about closing the door yourself on Mm. that audition. And if it reopens again and it's something that you end up getting, that's great, but it's really about you doing the work and knowing that it's for you. Now, um, is that, is that yeah, clear? No, I and, think so. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all about just giving them a fierce option of you. Everything mm-hmm. else is out of your hand. If you can show up prepared, passionate, present, ready to go with a fierce option for them, you are being a thousand percent successful because that's all that we yeah, can control. Because that, that's it. And if we can walk, if we can leave the room and think, I did my work, I did my work well. Yeah. then you can, you're smart enough to know and your heart is smart enough to know that they're not rejecting you. They're, they're choosing a different option, right? So right. if you can walk out of that room thinking, I did my best work, then, you know, if they didn't like it, they just want a different thing, Yeah, you know? But I, you know... And whatever it takes to get to a place where you can walk, obviously a lot of work is necessary to be able to get your craft to a place where you can walk into a room and feel like... I killed that. I really killed that, that, you know? Um, Yeah, I hate auditioning. Yeah, everybody does. So even, there are some motherfuckers out there that really love it, and those people, like, I just want to destroy their families. Um, (laughs) No, not not literally, but... um, You know, and another thing is just... And love. It's all about love. It's all about love, As Josh said. (laughs) Um, But also, like, just you got to surround yourself with a great community of people that that you love, that love you, that trust you, because that's what really matters at the end of the day. And, you know, I always say when one door closes, another's going to open, but it's just hell in the hallway. (laughs) You know, so the hallway's uncomfortable. So spend time in the hallway with people that you love. I think, you know, we do, we do that. We do so much to try to get ourselves, we have to get ourselves ready for these moments when these opportunities come up, but then we really do have to, we have to walk away, right? Oh, yeah. was it uh, my friend Annie Potts just, um, she sent me a quote because I was having a hard time with something. I got rejected for something recently that I really, really super wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, she she sent me a quote by her friend Dixie Carter that I'm going to mangle it, I'm sure. But the gist of it is you have to put it on the altar and walk away. Sometimes you just have to put it on the altar and walk away. Like you're putting it out there like... And make it as beautiful as you can, and you put it down, and then you say, it's out of my hands, and that's what it is. And be gentle with yourself, and understand that you're going to want things, and you're not going to get them, and that's okay, and it doesn't mean you're bad, and it doesn't mean things aren't working out for you, because it really kind of does happen. You look back on your life, and you see, oh, wow, thank God I didn't get that thing that I really wanted, because this other thing came along that was a surprise, and it changed the course of my life. Yeah, very true. Um, well, thank you so much for, for spending some time with me and Rachel today, Patrick. Of course. Nice to meet you. Thank you guys for answering that. Yeah, please. I think it it all just comes down to like having a positive mindset when it comes down to it and, and just like, I don't know, giving it your all moving on and maybe that door will open up again soon. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also you're doing a show right now, I think I saw. Is that correct? What is that? Are you working on a show right now? Um, I am. I am. I'm doing Newsies right now. Where are you doing Newsies? In rehearsal. Um, (laughs) Pittsburgh Musical Theater in Pittsburgh. Yay! Well, congratulations. And you see, like, for all 8,000 jobs that we don't book, the the option is right and you get it. And somebody else, of course, is going through the, like, you know, oh, I didn't get Newsies. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I don't know. Keep going. You're in a community that loves you, and um, Rachel and I yeah. love you, <laughs> and um, yeah. we hope to do a three-person newsies with you here in New York at Fifty Four <laughs> Below. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. Great. There will be Done. shrimp in it. There's as long shrimp. as your cat, yeah. Josh. <laughs> Done. Done. I'm. I'm very. I'm. I'm what they call a nilf, which is a newsie that you would like to. Hmm. Yeah. Make a shrimp sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nilf. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. You're a gem. Yes, and thank you guys so much. Yeah, Love stay you. in touch. Let us know how your life's going. Of course. Cool. We'll awesome. Bye. 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 Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> that was so darling. Now, who can we call so I can ask that same question? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call Annie Potts. Okay. I, She's I good, wish right? She's so good. she was so good in Pippin. I know. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on I the show today. You, Josh. Thanks for having me. I love you so much. Um, you're just one of the best people in the world. Thanks. So wherever you are, please raise a glass to our Rachel Bay Jones and um, I'll salute the queen of sunshine. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. I love you. And stay tuned for next week's episode of Josh Swallows Broadway. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at Josh period layman. See you soon. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows Broadway. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.